Let's get to the headlines. Hello, and welcome back to Healthcare Strategies Headlines. This week's episode, no Christmas wedding for Cigna Humana. Payers to Ducks, show your work. RPM generating ROI for provider organizations and the race to make the portal to end all portals. That sounds so ominous. I know it does. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. Dramatic. (laughs) Yeah, I wish there were magical portals that could send us anywhere, like when it's December and dark as... To the Bahamas. Yeah, to the Bahamas, any place warm. Mm-hmm. Mm. So you have new glasses on today, Kelsey. I do. This is a big deal. See. You you can see clearly now. I can see clearly now. It's exciting. Yep. How how'd you make the decision? Oh man, after too long, the lady was probably really ticked at me because <laughs> I was just looking at all these options and then I'd put them away and then I'd bring them back out. But it happened, and I finally settled on a pair. Do you well, have contacts? No. No. I'm, wow. I've been blessed. You have perfect vision. Yeah, I've been blessed. What? By genetics, nothing to do with my own life. I would claim that it's diet and lifestyle, but <laughs> 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 all right, you ready? We'll let's get into it. All right. All right. So no Christmas wedding for Cigna Humana. Cigna is calling quits to its pursuit of Humana after failing to agree on a price and other financial terms. The Wall Street Journal reports the journal is actually the one that broke this story end of November. Shareholders apparently were not in favor of the proposed merger, mm-hmm. which would have taken the form of a cash and stock transaction with an emphasis on the stock component. Oh. Dilute those shares or whatnot. Yeah. Cigna's stock dropped 10 points following news of the merger. Yeah, that's not good. No bueno. Mm -mm. Now the company has signaled a plan to spend $10 billion on stock buybacks. (laughs) Didn't see it coming. And Cigna (laughs) remains committed to offloading its Medicare Advantage business, which has been a challenging growth area for the payer and where the Humana merger was likely to prove fruitful. So... As we look harder at the broader landscape and the strategic opportunities before us, we will remain financially disciplined with a clear focus on executing against our strategy. Cigna CEO David Cordani said in a statement, Mm. executing against our strategy. Looks like they're going, (laughs) they don't know which way they want to go. So Kelsey, honestly, I... um, I read this, the story of the merger, and I was like, yeah. obviously, it's going to go forward because if it's ridiculous and it involves <laughs> billion-dollar companies in healthcare, it usually goes forward yeah. because, because that's kind of the way it works. What was your reaction to the, the failure for this to come together? I would say I wasn't surprised by the failure because we have a history of that with the Anthem and Cigna, okay. Humana and Aetna 2015 attempts. Yes. Um, I was just shocked, I think, by how fast they decided it wasn't going to work out. Like <laughs> it was within a couple of weeks of saying that they were or of the rumors circulating. Yes. So I wonder if that just shows how much the shareholders have influence over these kinds of decisions. Or whether they weren't considered at all. <laughs> yeah, that's also a good point. <laughs> when there's when there's a blowback like that, it a lot of us will say whatever we want to say about shareholders making business decisions. But you know, for a publicly traded company, there there are ramifications to yeah. your decision making. Maybe sometimes you ought to kind of read the room before you make a move. But hey, okay. who knows? I'm not an expert. I just play one on TV. <laughs> So speaking of payers, payers to docs, show your work. External payer audits have quadrupled in 2023, according to a MD audit annual benchmark report. And for context, for those who don't know, an external payer audit occurs when payers, whether governmental or commercial, initiate an examination of a provider's finances or processes. This is often instigated by providers offering, according to the payers, insufficient evidence for a medical necessity or overuse of a certain code. Mm -hmm. So not only were 
taxpayers quicker to ask for an audit this year, but their additional documentation requests, which payers send to providers when they want more evidence to support a claim, got much longer, sometimes over 100 pages. Risk-based audits spiked by 50% and hierarchical conditions coding audits jumped 170% due to the increased regulatory pressure on Medicare Advantage plans to account for high reimbursement. Audits for diagnosis-related group codes and classification codes, as well as pre-bill audits, saw major increases. And as a result of all this, at the end of it all, over a quarter of providers failed their audits. So there's a lot of pressure on providers right now to sort of show their work on why they are recommending certain treatments or coding a visit in a certain way. And according to the report, this is all happening in tandem with the workforce shortage. So providers have fewer people managing a bigger load of audits. Kyle, while it's only responsible for some of these increases, I do want to talk a second about the impact of higher scrutiny of Medicare Advantage plans because it did impact these numbers. Aside from the volume of external payer audits that are increasing, what have been the ripple effects of this move to really pay more attention to Medicare Advantage plans processes? I will tell you that I actually did work on something recently talking about these RAD V audits, you know, the risk assessment data validation programs. And this is where they look at HECs, DRGs. And the fact of the matter is there are financial consequences now for not showing your work in the Medicare Advantage program. There's a certain grace period with a rule that went into effect where certain program years weren't going to be affected, but I believe 28 and onward, those years for Medicare Advantage were going to be scrutinized very, very closely in these audits. And the reason being, there's a lot of money on the table. I think there's something like nine DRGs or HECs that the federal government is is looking at. You're talking about stroke, cancer, major depression. You got to show your work in order for the government not to determine that you need to repay money Mm -hmm. because they sample a part of your Medicare Advantage population. And if they find a certain percentage of things not being coded accurately or not having justification. They multiply that by your entire Medicare Advantage population, and then they do the math. That's called extrapolation. And other than a math term, it's a very dangerous one in the payer space. So it makes a lot of sense. There's a lot of business now, a lot of money being spent on the Medicare Advantage Part C kind of program. It only makes sense that the audit trail and the audit work is significant. And this stuff takes time, by the way. So if it takes time, it means it takes resources, which means we're all going to pay for it. Yeah, the report was commenting those 100-page or more um, additional documentation That's why we reports. use fax machines. Fax machines are we're able to share <laughs> oh. information. Yeah, that's healthcare for you. That's that's the new age of healthcare that we're in. Is still it's, relying on. It's the old age, but still the, it's better than the mail. <laughs> All right. RPM generating ROI for provider organizations. A survey by MD Revolution and Sage Growth Partners finds that nearly three quarters, 73% of health systems, physician practices, and federally qualified health centers participating in the survey report a positive return on investment, otherwise known as ROI, from remote patient monitoring programs. Despite many of the programs being less than two years old, people in healthcare love a quick turnaround. Mm -hmm. A quick ROI is better than any other ROI that you could possibly get. And usually we're talking years. This was less than two. That's months. All right. RPM programs are primarily used for managing chronic diseases such as hypertension, diabetes, heart conditions, and others. These programs have shown notable impacts on patient care and satisfaction. Of the 141 responses, a vast, vast majority, 94%, saw improved patient outcomes due to RPM, while 63% 
have seen ROI through enhanced care plan compliance and medication adherence. Chronic care management programs also showed positive ROI, mainly through additional revenue with approximately 29% increase in reimbursement post-implementation. Looking ahead, most execs plan to increase or maintain their budgets for RPM and chronic care management programs in 2024. Kelsey, RPM, chronic disease management, like peanut butter and jelly, are they not? If you consider peanut butter and jelly a good combination, then yes. An excellent combination. An excellent combination. Yeah, I think it is interesting, as you highlighted, that it's only two years or less of information. So I am wondering what we're going to see in the long term. Hopefully, it's a continuation of this theme. And it makes sense that it would work when you're on a daily basis trying to track a disease that will follow you for the rest of your life. It's good to have something that can actually do that tracking on a daily basis for you without you having to really think about it that much. So one would imagine that it would have some really good impacts on health and and we all, and we also know that that you know billable codes and stuff like that have been created more recently for RPM. So mm-hmm. the reimbursements there as well. So I wonder what happens when the commercial market imitates more what the the federal public market does, and yeah. it becomes much more widespread because seems like prevention is less costly. I've I've heard that as rumors. <laughs> I've heard that idea. It's radical. Radical, yeah. Well, in other news on tech related subjects. The race to make the portal to end all portals. portals. Admittedly, a pretty dramatic title for <laughs> what I'm about to describe. CVS Health has introduced a tool that it says will supercharge. That's quote, super, quote, super. Patients' health. The goal is to have everything in one place. So prescription info, CVS Minute Clinic and Oak Street health appointment scheduling, chronic disease management tips. Oh, that's another mention today. Yeah. And access to dependents' health info through proxy accounts for parents. Users with Aetna or CVS Caremark membership can view their deductible information in the app, too. It will also connect with other vendors, such as telemental health or postpartum virtual care providers. And, of course, it will leverage generative AI. No way. Unless it wants to be rendered dead on arrival. They're using AI, in this case, to operate their chatbot, which people, people. users <laughs> through which users can find new doctors or ask health questions. So this, importantly, is not your classic patient portal, but it does share some qualities with that approach to health management, just for reference. So, Kyle... The other day, I was talking to an actuary who consults with employers on health benefits, and he was commenting about how health plans and employers have all of these point solutions all over the place and are having trouble connecting them all and putting them in one place for employees and users to access. So I'd be curious if you think that this might be true, but I'm wondering if you know we're seeing kind of CVS Health kicking off something where a lot of retail health might move in to kind of be the space that combines all of these solutions. Just seems like, I don't know, a trajectory that's possible. What do you think? I think in our march to single payer, this is this is how it starts. It <laughs> ah. starts because remember we had the Walmart conversation. Yeah. I think we had Best Buy conversations. Uh-huh. This one for me is CVS is creating the digital ecosystem that if you're in any of its programs, one of them, you're probably going to experience a certain modern experience that might encourage you mm-hmm. to stay within that CVS system. Yeah. So it's I don't know. To me, it's this is problematic because if the push is to in healthcare is to have a primary care provider, so far as I understand it, CVS does not provide that. Oak Street is its attempt, but that's not everything. Mm-hmm. So, you know, CVS can obviously do it all because it is one of those companies that spans it all. But I still think that this creates a lot of fragmentation. So I wonder if 
unless they can make every patient sticky and part of everything that it provides, whether it just means it's another portal, it's another thing that you need to look at if you want to follow your healthcare. And it's probably another thing you need to share with your doctor if you actually yeah. do anything meaningful over there. As far as I know, my doctor knows nothing about what I've done at CVS, mm -hmm. even though those are two epic systems. But if no one addresses a problem, somebody else in the industry will. And CVS has clearly made the investments and everything. Yeah. But I just, I'm old enough to remember CVS as being mostly a candy <laughs> and drugstore that sold cigarettes. So I think this is a real, real turnaround. And, you know, the CVS or Walgreens, they're closer to people, to most ordinary individuals than the healthcare system is. Exactly. So definitely are convenient. The question is, will it actually lead to any improvement? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe in two years. We'll... Maybe in two, well, if it's RPM in two years or less, we'll see the ROI. <laughs> Maybe not the portal to end all portals, but a portal, another one. A new gateway yes. somewhere else. Yeah. Well... You want to sign it off? On that note. <laughs> <laughs> this has been Healthcare Strategies Headlines Edition. Thank you, Kelsey. Good to see you. Good to see you, too. All right. Find us on Spotify or wherever else you consume your audio podcast. This is a Tech Target production.